A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure, as always, to be in your company. Bit of housekeeping. Please subscribe to this. Um, we are here every single week bringing you the very best in boxing conversation and the biggest named guests. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and you can also do it via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com if you need Android feeds. This week is absolutely massive for boxing as the unified heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Joshua, takes on the former undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world, Alexander Usyk. It's all going down at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This podcast has got a ton of guests. Not only talking about that, talking about stuff that they're getting up to as well. But we're going to start with that monster fight. Yeah? Okay, let's get stuck in. You're also going to hear from AJ and Usyk as part of our preview. The first half an hour, we're going to keep it all positive and we're going to be keeping our uh, eyes and ears right across uh, what is happening next week in seven days' time where Anthony Joshua defends uh, his world titles against a very capable challenger in the form of cruiserweight undisputed world champion Alexander Usyk exciting week ahead of us absolutely I mean what a fistic shopping list you just read out as I was cleaning my headphones and putting my mouthpiece in for the night um, that's not my false teeth by the way Ryan producer stop laughing at me please thank you very much it's very early in the show to be laughing at me um, no it's I've just spoken to Alexander Usyk about two hours ago he's at his home in Ukraine um, we're going to have a, a little listen to him uh, earlier and, and, and later and um, you know the funny thing is I'm really excited, and I know you are, about we've got a proper big fight with a big fight atmosphere, with a big week of build-up yeah. all next week. You know, Anthony Joshua and uh, Alexander Russo. I don't know how many of these events are open next week, but they're doing workouts in, in the O2 Arena yeah. on, on Tuesday. Doing the weighing in front of crowds as the well. The weighing in front of crowds at the O2 Arena. Yeah. Um, the press conference at Spurs. Uh, the, the, the home of Spurs is it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? That's right. It feels um, it feels proper again, yeah, doesn't it? It, it does. And, I, and and not only that, Ad, you know this. We, we we kind of got a bit excited about it when we 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 came together tonight for the show, and it's like this is going to be good this week, and, and we've missed it. Mm. Um, I know you've been out to Fight Island with the UFC, and you know I've been to a couple of events, and um, but it's not the same as when you 
get into the centre of one of those big stadiums and you've been around them all week, and I always laugh when I say it, when you're sniffing them up close all week. You, but you get it. You of get course, it. of course, yeah. You're sniffing them up close and you're getting a sense of who's got a little bit of nerves or who's got a mark under the eye or the, um, a momentary chink in the armour. And it's a bit like um, this evening... I had, a, I had a good 45-minute chat with Alexander Usyk with some of the other members of the national press and just a tiny little bit in myself at the end for us. And he's quite serious. He's, he's more serious than I ever remember him. And I think he's really up for this. Mm. And I got kind of excited thinking about those exchanges where you you just don't know if one of them is going to go any moment, mm. you know. Um and, and and every fight that Anthony Joshua has is, is exciting because he's learning on the job. I've done a piece in the Sunday Telegraph tomorrow um, in which Anthony last week was saying how he's been training uh, with one hand behind his back, just using his left hand so his, his right-hand side is exposed... To the southpaw. Yeah, to the southpaw stance of Alexander Usyk. Mm. It's fascinating. I mean, it's a bit like years ago, Joe Frazier trained with one hand. He had his left hand tied behind his back. Obviously, he was a famous triple left hooker and brilliant with the left left hand but they used to get him to tie his left hand behind his back we certainly did for the trilogy fight with, with Muhammad Ali according to Jerry Eisenberg as he told me uh, the, the old 90 year old uh, American journalist that to get the right hand working because they wanted to have that as a surprise weapon against Ali mm. so it's it's all building it's all really exciting and you know last week we were moaning and groaning about you know Evander Holyfield stepping into the yeah. ring was that last weekend yes it was oh god I've been talking about it all week we've got to talk about it again tonight probably oh dear mm. hang on let me just clean my ears out but that's what I mean we're going to try our very best to keep the majority of the show positive and upbeat because there's a lot yeah. to be really excited about mm. this week's going to be a great week there's loads of questions around next weekend's fight for anybody that comes at me and says Alexander Usyk's not done it heavyweight AJ's going to smoke him listen you don't know what you're watching this for me is Anthony Joshua's toughest professional task other people will say maybe it's second to Klitschko but I think everybody's in that bracket around that look think of it like this right Anthony Joshua won Olympic gold in London super heavyweight gold in London I think it was 35 amateur fights he'd had at the time mm. Alexander Usyk same Olympic games same Olympic What's the, what do you mean? Usyk. And Usyk in the Olympic, uh, same Olympic Games, won the heavyweight gold medal. Mm. Usyk just had then his 350th amateur fight and mm. won 335 of them. Mm. Lost 15 and probably 10 of those he was done mm. because there's weird scoring in the amateur game. He is an incredible fighter. He's grown up in the shadow of the great Klitschko's, Vladimir and, and Vitaly. They inspired a generation. He's trained in, and, and worked under the same amateur setup as Vasil Lomachenko and Anatoly Lomachenko is going to be in the corner for him next week. Yeah. First time you know, for quite a while actually isn't yeah, it? Yeah and but but he's bringing him and and yeah, this I, is serious, mate. Yeah, it's, serious it's big. I, I'm getting tingles now. You're getting tingles. <laughs> yeah, man. Because Anatoly, is, he's got a zen-like quality about him. He knows the shapes and movements of a and angles. And I know Vasil Lomachenko slightly tainted because he lost to Teofimo Lopez last year and, 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 and that kind of aura left him a little bit. He's but, bounced back well, though. Oh, yeah, he has bounced back. He, he He's a nailed-down Hall of Famer, in my view, already. But to have... Vasil will be here. Vasily will mm. be here. The Klitschkos will be here. We're going to see all of them next week. Anatoly's going to be there, like, zen-like, on the end of the dais at the press conference. Mm. Duh. Duh. That's good. 
I am feel, mate. I am really feel. I think it's only fair that we hear uh, from uh, from both men. Um, we'll hear from Anthony Joshua first and foremost, shall we? Because uh, Anthony Joshua has been slimming down, getting himself into impeccable shape. I've seen various pictures of him. I've not been uh, uh, in in the same physical presence as him at the moment, uh, hopefully to do so this week. But he looks in incredible shape. Looks like he shedded a few pounds, which insinuates maybe uh, that he's coming in lighter and looking for speed rather than power. Let's hear from Edge. For me, when people see me, they still see me as a big, big heavyweight. So, yeah, the weight has, has adapted due to the type of training I'm doing for the type of fighter. Luckily, I'm in a stage now, early on in my career, when you're fighting every other month, you're just kind of training, training. Now I'm fighting specifically, I'm training specifically for certain fighters, if you get what I'm saying. So, like, I've got a long period of time. When you're starting off, you're fighting once every month or two. So, you're just in the gym practicing um don't matter if they're tall short you're just kind of still working on yourself but now i'm working directly for this opponent and my body takes shape in the way i'm training really so my body just forms its own its own weight its own size its own shape for the type of fire i'm fighting it is interesting because you said right at the start of the show that AJ is learning on the job. I mean, he's he's been champion for such a long period of time now and he's writing what he's saying there. There's been plenty of time for other people during their tenure and their careers to develop themselves and to learn about themselves, whereas Anthony Joshua has been training for specific types of opponent. We've seen very different Anthony Joshua's over the years. We've seen bigger ones, we've seen smaller ones, we've seen slimmer ones, we've seen faster ones, mm. and we've seen ones that pack... Uh, that deadly power. Um, what are you anticipating? I mean, it's it, from a physical point of view, he looks like he is slimming down, very similar to what we saw in the second Ruiz fight. Um, are you anticipating um, an Anthony Joshua that is going to be boxing Alexander Usyk, or are you anticipating one that is going to be looking for destruction? Yeah, I think he's got to be explosive and he's got to be fast and he's got to be not having that little dip he has or has had in some fights where he takes a rest in the seventh or eighth round. He, he didn't against Andy Ruiz. He, he maintained that kind of momentum against mm. 21 stone Andy Ruiz that was in Saudi though, wasn't it? Um, who'd already made, you know, $15 million and had five sports cars that were going to parties all the time with him in them. Um, so um, he's got to be really on his game, Adam. He's got to be even elusive himself um, because Usyk is... is I think he's not just a, a very good ring general. I think he's cunning. He, he has a cunning look on his face. He's a cunning man. And I'm sure he's got a cunning game plan. Um, you know, because the, the 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 conventional wisdom is that Anthony Joshua will have looked at what Derek Chisora did against Alexander Usyk and know that he does find it difficult against a much bigger man. He is smaller. Um, he's going to be a stone lighter. Um, that's the great thing about the heavyweight division. People can be as big as they want to be. Um, and I think one of the one of the things about Joshua is. To me, he never looks any different physically. I, I, I just always see him as looking incredibly lean. Um, his arms are always huge. I think, I think he's he's been after more lean muscle mass um, for this contest because I think he's got to win the battle of the exchanges in this fight. And I think he will be let off the leash by Rob McCracken. It won't be like the Pula fight where, you know, stay behind your jab, dominate mm. the fight, win with the jab, and then when you've broken him down, then 
uh, go for the kill, which he could have in the fourth round, but it took him till the ninth. He can't do that against Usyk. Mm. If Usyk is standing there at the end, I've repeated this so many times, if Usyk is standing there at the end, at the end of the 11th round and going into the 12th round, something in my view hasn't gone right. I could be completely wrong about this, but in my mind, something's gone wrong if he hasn't managed to get to Usyk by a by around about eight or nine or ten rounds. Mm. Let's hear from the Ukrainian uh, before uh, we put a rubber stamp on this, heading into uh, fight week. Uh, Gareth caught up with Alexander Usyk a little earlier on, and there is an interpreter with this as well for you to fully understand the big Ukrainian. Given that you won the Olympic gold in London, that you have a lot of fans in the UK, that you fought here, is it a happy place mentally for you to come and have a world title fight? Олександре, а з, з огляду на те, що ви виграли золото в Лондоні на Олімпіаді, у вас тут багато фанів, полівальників, для вас Лондон – це щасливе, радісне місце? Тобто ви будете з задоволенням тут битися? Я, я буду з великим призадоволенням там битися, я дуже полюбляю це місце і взагалі Британія така фартова для мене. Well, uh, it's with, it will be with great pleasure I will be uh, boxing in London, in the UK. I love, uh, I love London and uh, this is uh, my lucky place actually. London is my lucky place. We know you're a lot of fun and, you know, this is the most serious I think I've ever seen you. Um, how excited are you about the coming week? How excited are you that you could become heavyweight champion of the world? Ну, з огляду на те, що ви так взагалі так виглядаєте спокійно, а можливо, я їх не показую і да й не треба їх показувати. Я чекаю, все повинно бути степ by step. Не треба поспішати нікуди. Спішиш, народ смішиш, як то okay. говорять. Uh, perhaps I'm uh, not showing my emotions uh, well, and uh, I don't think I should really uh, show my emotions. Uh, let's not rush, and as they say, uh, you shouldn't really rush, because there's a saying in Russian or Ukrainian, there's the saying that if you rush, you will make people laugh. So uh, we'd rather kind of, uh, I'd rather be calm and uh, uh, not rushing things. And, and, and finally, before we get very excited ourselves about what is going to be an amazing build-up to this fight with 60,000 fans at Tottenham Hotspur, um, have you got any tricks up your sleeve to get into Anthony Joshua mentally in this week? Ну і перед тим, як ми хайпу наберемося там і себе розкрутимо, тим, як збереться на Тоттенем стадіоні 60 тисяч болівальників, у вас є якісь трюки, якісь хитрощі, щоб якось психічно, ментально попливати, вплинути на Ентоні? Блін, якщо я зараз про це розкажу, то він буде знати. Well, guys, if I'm uh, telling you now, he will find it out, so. He's always there. He's always on it, is uh, Alexander Usyk, a fascinating character. Gareth there, Davies, catching up with him. Uh, a little earlier on, ahead of fight week, he's in Ukraine at the moment, but he's making his way uh, to the UK for this fantastic fight next weekend at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've just got a funny feeling. From an Usyk point of view, this is how I think he's going to approach this fight. I think he's going to approach it quite similarly to the way that he approached the Bellew fight. I think he's going to try and make Anthony Joshua work at a pace that Anthony Joshua might not necessarily want to work at in order to, what you just mentioned a moment or two ago, Gareth, try and hope that at 6, 7, 8, there's a little bit of a dip in the cardiovascular output 
of Anthony Joshua where then uh, where then Usyk can put his foot down and, and do I his think thing. that's very astute I mean I think he won't worry if oh. Joshua's four rounds ahead I would I rounds. would not be surprised if yeah. Anthony Joshua's six up and we're all going this is a boxing masterclass I have asked him as well um, have you projected forward in your mind do you see Anthony Joshua knocked out and he wouldn't answer it he said I do not project forward but that is what he's looking at there's no doubt about it he just needs Joshua he knows he knows he can't go into a toe-to-toe with this guy because he'll get knocked out yeah Joshua's an amazing finisher but he just needs him in the right position yeah and he'll have worked on that over and over and over again with Anatoly and and they're they're looking for that position, and he's moving around, and is Joshua following him, and is it time to come back and find that left hand or that left hook, and go over Joshua's jab and and kind of see a little bit wobble and jump on him? It, it, I, I, it's so exciting. And these are the these are the reasons, right? Hopefully, this is coming through on the radio. These are the reasons why we love this sport at the very highest level. So many questions: How's this person going to? come in weight-wise. How's this person going to approach this tactically? This is not a barroom scrap. This is serious, high-level combat. And it's not two people who are not boxers or or faded stars or MMA guys trying to box. Peak. Saying, I'm going to knock him out on... No, this, this, is, yeah, this is true peak. peak elite physical physical chess games isn't it mm. and it'll be mental all week as well and i mean in the in, in the in the kind of psychological way it's going to be amazing and neither of these guys for two or three years have been in the rhythm of fighting in front of tons of people i'm honestly the crowd is going to have a massive effect yeah, uh, uh, right now right now we're going right now they're going to be walking in a week's time oh i can't wait 168 hours time Right then, keeping it on the heavyweight theme, let's speak to former WBO heavyweight champion of the world, Joseph Parker. He's had a fight announced this week that he's taking on Derek Chisora for a second time. That's going to go down in December. We, of course, spoke to him about that and we've flipped in a little bit of AJ Usyk conversation as well. Here's how it sounded. December the 18th, rematch with Chisora. It's going to be, it's my first rematch with someone. So it's, uh, it's one that I'm looking forward to because... The other fight wasn't the most dominant performance. The other fight wasn't the most clear win. Um, I, I know I got the win, but it wasn't the most clear win. And a lot of people argue that because he put on the pressure, because he got the knockdown, he may have edged it. Uh, I believe I edged it. So this I is the chance did. for me. Yeah. This is the chance for me to cement it. And I, I, there's no secret that I need a, a way better performance. Otherwise, what's the point of me boxing and, and being involved if I can't really, you know, perform and then, you know, look at bigger fights. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, he's become a cult figure over time in a similar way to Dillian White has. And you played a part in that as well. And, you know, you're, is this your sixth fight in the UK, I make it? Yeah, it is my, yeah, yeah. I've actually had, you know, a lot of my recent fights in the UK. Yeah. So, and it's one of those places where we, we fought there. And, you know, we made friends, we, you know, we met, we met a lot of people. Then each time we come back, we just get more and more support. And I feel like it's one of those places where we are very welcome, you know, and, and we actually quite comfortable there. Well, you've been in good fights as well. Let's be honest. I've been very big ones. Um, the 12 the round fight with Anthony Joshua, which is a very big event at the time. Um, and since then, you've been pursuing your world title back. Um, you know, you've had one fight in New Zealand, which 
you you just you know you 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 had to win that one, stay on track really, um, putting people in their place back in the homeland, um, letting everybody <laughs> know you're you're the number one over there. Um, I, I assume you're going to be working with Andy Lee over here. Where will you go and ha- when will camp start? Camp will start, uh, you know, the 9th, the 10th of October. And we're looking at we're looking at Ireland and the UK, but I think Morecambe is the place where we've sort of settled, you know, because of visa issues. And I feel, you know, a 10-week camp is a really good sort of length of camp to learn and to progress. And, you know, there's no reason to smash the body in the beginning. You just pro- progressively get better, keep learning, and keep working on things each day. You're, you're almost, you, you mentioned Morecambe, and you know what comes into my mind is the Samoan Gypsy King. Um, <laughs> because you'll, you'll be bumping into a fury or two while you're up there, won't you? Yeah, I'll be, you know, he'll probably be there. You know, his fight's uh, in a few October weeks' 9th. time. October 9th. Yeah, October 9th. Yeah. So I, I, the plan is that hopefully I can make it over to that fight just to be a part of the atmosphere and, and you know, watch other heavyweights go at it and then from there head over to Morecambe. And, you know, Tyson might be there. He's busy. He's got a newborn baby. He's got, you know, his family to take care of. But he might be in the gym here and there to, you know, to help and their support and see what we're doing. I mean, you're all in that merry-go-round. Um, you know, a victory for you over Derek Chisora sets up a great 2022 for you. Um, just as we were about to speak today, I think maybe night, overnight or today, Otto Wallin, the opponent for Dillian White. What do you make of that? I mean, am I, am I, being, am I being unfair by saying I'm disappointed that that's the opponent for the interim WBC title? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what, how they came about that fight. Really, um, I, I think there were other names being thrown out there, and you know, I I think well after the Chisora fight, we did um, ask if he was available to you know to have a rematch, but uh, they said he was busy. So I think the only option for us was Chisora. At you know, at the time we asked. Yeah, because the thing is, if you look at the chess game in the heavyweight division, if you're interested in a title, I mean, White's been saying about a title for so long. Alexander Usyk's getting his opportunity, and he's waited a little while for his title against Anthony Joshua. Did you ever box Alexander Usyk? Never boxed him, but it, you know no, he, no. he achieved a lot. Yeah, yeah. You never, you never met him in the amateurs, no. Never met him in the amateurs, no. No. Do you think he's as tricky an opponent for Joshua as some of us are maybe thinking? I feel like he's going to be a tricky fighter, you know, with the southpaw stance, the movement, you know, up and down. Um, we've seen in a lot of his fights the way that he moves, the way that he, you know. But I, I, I think just naturally, Joshua being a heavyweight will make a big difference. You know, Alexander Usyk isn't a natural heavyweight, but it's good on him for coming up to the heavyweight and, you know, giving it a go. Do you, given that you seem to be fighting Brits all the time, are you going to call out Joe Joyce at any point soon? Listen, I would have loved to fight Joe Joyce. I, I think the you know, he called me out, and I, I guess after the Sora fight, if, you know, if I get a good win and look good, that'll be a, the fight that we can have next. You know, I'll fight anyone mm. in the UK or anyone in the world. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's, it feels like that. Yeah. Now, it's a weird situation for you coming out of, like, one person has tested positive for COVID in New Zealand and the whole country's shut, isn't it? Am I, am I right in saying that or am I making that right. up? One person tested positive and then it just became one of those domino effects where just that person was there. And now, you know, the whole country's been on lockdown for four weeks, five, you know, for nearly five weeks. 
So it's uh, one of those things that's taken very seriously here. As soon as something happens, lockdown, and everyone has to stay home. Does it bother you? Does it, does, it, does it affect your kind of daily routine at all or what you're up to or not? I was, uh, listen, I was traveling with my family, very blessed that we were able to travel. Uh, we came back to New Zealand at two weeks in MIQ. The day we got out was the day New Zealand went into lockdown. So we've oh. been locked down ever since. Um, quality family time, training every day, not as busy as usual, you know, usually am with meetings and doing this, doing that. So I'm, I'm making the most of being here and being with my family. When you, when you have the fight then on the 18th of December, my understanding is if you go home, you've got to be in a hotel for two weeks, so you'd miss Christmas with your family. Yeah, that is the understanding at the moment. Well, my understanding is that if I do come back to New Zealand, it'll be two weeks in a hotel. Things may change. It might you know, welcome the you know, isolation at home, self-isolation, or things, you know, just not, not sure yet at the moment what uh, New Zealand are, are planning. Because Joseph Parker does not spend Christmas without those beautiful little kids, does he? It'll be, it'll be hard. It'll be, obviously, it'll be hard to be away for 10 weeks from them. And then to, if I have to spend Christmas by myself, or you know, it'll, be, it'll be different. So you know, what's the other option is to fly them up to the UK and, and spend Christmas there, New Year's there, continue fighting, you know, continue keeping busy. Uh, because the, there's nothing here in New Zealand in terms of boxing. The, the scene is right there. Have they not said, Daddy, we want you to fly us to Lapland to see Father Christmas and the reindeer? <laughs> They've said many things. <laughs> um, I've got They're to ask kids. you, right, heavyweight question. And this is a heavyweight question. It was kind of atrocious in my eyes last week. But Evander Holyfield boxing at 58 and almost not capable of defending himself. Uh, listen, I, I, before we even got on this uh, call, I was thinking about it, like... I was just thinking about the world and boxing and what's been happening. And, uh, you know, the person that he, the fighter that he used to be, you know, obviously at the age, you, you, you're never going to be the same. You're never, and it's a risk, a risk to his health. And I, you know, I know these, these promoters are putting on these events and people are tuning in to watch, but I just felt like he shouldn't have fought, um, you know, and you know, he's taking back, taking away from the, the, you know, the legacy he had, like the, the great fights he's been involved in. In the last four or five months, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Uh, it's been quite interesting that, you know, Logan Paul against Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if you saw it, but it was like a weird... I saw it. Um, Jake Paul against Tyron Woodley. I don't know if you know Tyron from your days in Vegas, but it's quite interesting. I mean, are they bringing new eyeballs to the sport? Is it diluting the art that you practice day in, day out, that you've now done for what, maybe 18, nearly 20 years? Have you done it now, you know? Yeah, well, 20, well, 29, probably 24 years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, are they diminishing what you do, what amateur boxers achieve over time? or What's your take on it? Uh, mine is a, a little bit on the fence, really. Like, good on them for, you know, they've, created this big image for themselves now they're making the most of it and they, they see boxing as a way of you know getting a good income getting people interested so um you can't really knock anyone for giving it a go but on the other on the other sort of sense is that there's other fighters out there giving it their whole lives and they just haven't been given a chance to fight on a big stage and being involved in big fights and so it's just one of those things where there's got to be a balance you know there's got to be a balance a better balance now, away from the big fight this week, 
in a couple of weeks' time over in Las Vegas, there's a rematch going on between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Yes, don't let that pass you by. Uh, well, a young uh, heavyweight from Romford has been up in Morecambe sparring the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury. That's right. Uh, the Romford Bull, Johnny Fisher, joined myself and Gareth on the show on Saturday to discuss that and the development of his career. People should tune in and watch because I'm on a journey where I'm I'm learning very much as I go. The sparring that I've been doing with Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce's, Dave Allen's, Jimmy Furies, all them sort of guys. And that is one way of learning. I know it's completely different sparring them guys. I've got to translate that calmness to take from the spars into, into real fights, but that will come. All that matters is I'm getting fights, I'm staying active, and I'm very grateful to be on the platform I'm on. It's very, very different. I'm from Romford, I'm from Essex. It's a very lively place where I'm from. But it was really nice to change it up, go up to Morecambe, right on the sea. I love the apartment Tyson put me in. It was it was beautiful. And the perfect place, if you're in the training camp, there's no better place to be because there isn't much going on. Mm. But it's peaceful and the people there are all genuine. And I had a really great time for the few days that I was there. I'm a little bit gutted for you because obviously you are in training camp. You're working hard there. There won't have been enough time to sample some proper fish and chips. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. Morecambe is, is famous for, my man. You'll have to go back at some point. Take the family up there, have a, have a, have a good old go on some Definitely. good cotton chips, my friend. Don't, don't get me wrong, I was uh, walking along the, the, the seafront and I saw a few fish and chip shots, but I had to make the sensible <laughs> choice of salads and sandwiches rather than fish and chips. So Come looked, on, you're a like... heavyweight, Johnny. You're the bull, <laughs> you know. I expect you to say no. Do you know what I did? Yeah. I had fish and chips for breakfast. Good lad. I went and sparred him for ten rounds. That's it. He beat the crap out of me. I went for lunch, had some more fish and chips <laughs> and peas. Pie and chips for yeah, lunch. That's right, yeah. Couple of pints. I, I went pie, back. I did, pie mash, I did have pie mash today, so that's an exception. I can say that. I was down in uh, Brentwood and had pie so <laughs> I haven't been very strict all the time. Cheat there. You're allowed to cheat there, mate. You've been working yeah, on this. Cheat day. Yeah. Come, come on then. I mean, there's a lot come out since you're up there. Um, you, you, you've you come and put the headlines from you being up there sparring with Tyson Fury are, you know, you felt he's the most talented boxer in the world and that he's extraordinary. Obviously, I don't mean you're a novice, but you're just coming into yeah. to your own. Um, yeah. Tell us about the ins and outs of it. Did you manage to floor him? Did you trap the Big fella in the corner. Was he was he telescopic with those arms? Was he weirdly was it like fighting a giant giraffe? Tell us what it was like. Listen, there was no there was no flooring or anything like that going on, but it was it was a good tasty couple of spars and the the pressure that he has, even when he's not completely on you, just because of the range, the height, the way he uses his feet, that, that puts you under a certain kind of psychological pressure. Yeah. I sparred some good names, Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce, Dave Allen, Huey Fury. And I've got to say, Tyson Fury is just, he is the best in the world. And I saw why he's the best in the world in them spars. Very, very cute, very clever. But at the same time, being a 19 and a half stone, six foot nine man, it's like these two things shouldn't go together, but they do <laughs> yeah. go together really well. Mm. And it's, it was great for me to have the opportunity. And I, don't get me wrong, I held my own and I, I impressed Tyson a bit up there. And his dad was watching and he was impressed. He said, I'm very, very strong. And I'm a rough diamond in the sense that so I've got so much maturing to do. I'm, I've got such a long way to go. But getting around people like that you can't get around anyone better than that and that, that's what's going to progress me and make me a better fighter when you went on the pads with John which because John would have said come over here son come over here when he took you <laughs> on the pads did you give him a little dig to the body or not or are you too scared no, no. to do that 
I'm not going to do that to Big John Fury because I know he can still handle himself. I'm not going to do. A, I'm not going to get involved in any of that. Johnny, on a, on a more serious note, my man. Obviously, the physical work and the things that you learn, as you've just been mentioning, footwork and various bits there are. are listen, that's that's gold, absolute gold for you to be able to get that. But talk to me about just the psychological aspects of being around the WBC heavyweight champion of the world as he's preparing for this big title defense against Deontay yeah. Wilder, picking his brains, talking to him about this moment in his career, this moment in his career, and how that's so hopefully going to shape your career and, and the journey that you're going on. What's that? What? Yeah. What was that side of it like for you? You wouldn't. When you walk into that gym, you wouldn't. Obviously, you're very aware that he's the world champion. He's the best. He's the best on the planet, in my opinion. But he's such a down-to-earth man. It's just him. And, it was just him and Sugar Hill and the other sparring partners. And he was talking to us for 20 minutes after sparring, before sparring. He'd let us watch him when he was doing little technical things with Sugar Hill, and just being around that and soaking up little bits like that. That's just just as valuable as, as sparring Tyson Fury, I think, because you can. You're teaching stuff about footwork, lining your feet up properly, how to detonate the right hand properly just to be around him and for him to have the, the generosity for us to listen to that advice was, was, was great for all of us who were involved. Is there any chance of you getting out there to be in camp with him in America at any point? He said, he said to me, John, you're, you're part of all the camps going forward now. I'm, I'm impressed and you've Very done good. really well. And that's just, that was unbelievable to hear. And I, I'm pinching myself sometimes thinking I've just sparred and I'm, I've been around. I'm talking to the best heavyweight on the planet and he's given me praise like that. It was, it was just unbelievable to hear. And I don't get, I don't get above myself. I know I've got a very long way to go. My feet are always going to be on the ground because I know how hard boxing and heavyweight boxing especially can be. So just to have that sort of praise is a little bit of, a little bit of something that I can keep pushing forward with and taking as a good positive moving forward. Absolutely, man. Listen, you, you speak incredibly well, man. You've been out there on three occasions now in the in the professional game. How yeah. much are you enjoying it? How much are you enjoying this process at the moment? I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. A year ago, I wouldn't have even dreamed of being where I am on the platform I'm in with Eddie, with, with Eddie Hearn and Sam Jones. My manager is doing a great job. Um, he's, a, he's a great friend of mine as well, Sam Jones. So to be where I am, Looking back, I, I was just finishing university, really, uh, mm. this time last year, and I didn't have much of a clue what I was doing. I just went with it, and I've, I've got to enjoy the journey as much as anything. I think that's what a lot of people have said to me. I even spoke to Richard Towers on my debut. He said, enjoy the journey, enjoy these things. This is the fun part, because as it gets more and more serious, there's more and more things you've got to worry about. Just enjoy the learning part, the part you're coming up, and that's, this is why you do boxing, because you love, you love being in fights, you love being in the big nights, and I've got to soak it all up and enjoy it while I can. Can you imagine, then, Adam and I have been talking, Johnny, about um, the big fight next weekend at Spurs, 60,000 people. Can you yeah. imagine the pressure, even though he wants it, even though yeah. he feels born to it? Can you imagine the pressure that Anthony Joshua is actually under, that he's not acknowledging yeah. at the moment? It's, it, it's extraordinary, uh, isn't it? I think that you've hit the nail on the head there with the not acknowledging it, and it is mm. a huge pressure, but you've got to detach yourself from it mm. because at the end of the day, when you're boxing, it's only you and your close friends and family and your team who really it really matters to in, in a sense. Mm. There's lots of people watching, there's lots of eyes on you, but in life and everything, you've got to do what makes you happy, and if it's making Anthony Joshua happy, that's why he's there. Mm. If he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't be there, so he's enjoying the process, and what bigger stage can he do it on? There's, there's no other bigger stages, so... You're going to be there? Like, fair play to him. Uh, I'm not going to be there, no, unfortunately. My, my two managers will be there. My my, sta my managerial stable mate, uh, Florian Marcus, fighting on the card yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure it'll be a great event. I'm going to see Sam Jones next week when he's when he's down in London. 
Good man. Listen, the, you've started this professional journey in the most craziest of times worldwide with the pandemic yeah. and what have you. Obviously, fought at Wembley Arena. We've had Manchester Arena and the Matchroom HQ Garden and what have you. I saw yeah. you up at the Josh Warrington yeah. uh, fight, having a look round there at Leeds and, and the stadium, and you know yeah. you, the eyes were nice and wide. You're thinking to yourself, I fancy yeah. a little bit of this. This is a bit of all right. How much are you oh. looking forward to that, being in front of those packed houses? I cannot wait. I'm telling you, I cannot wait because I've got. I'm very lucky to be where I'm from and the people that I've met and the people I met at university. I've got a very good support base, a good, a good uh, set of people around me, and I want nothing more than them to be all there cheering me on and supporting me. Because people, people do offer you support. People who come and watch and they want to, they, they want to invest their time in you and they talk about you when they're out. And the best way to repay them is to give them a big night and get an emphatic victory. And I looked around at that Leeds Stadium. It was just unbelievable to three, think that one day I could have something like that. Well, three and a half. Latin Orient, man. Or, or, is he Latin Orient fan? Yeah, that's right. Latin Orient. My dad used to play for Latin Orient until the age sorry, of yeah. 18. Forgive my soccer ignorance. <laughs> no, no, no. He I mean, just called it soccer. You can have a go at him for calling it that, mate. Come on, it's fine. No, he, he can say what he wants. He's Gareth. He can say what he wants. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm a rugby boy like you, unfortunately. But I can imagine yeah. four and a half years from now, three years from now, Johnny yeah. Fisher versus Daniel Dubois at, the, at our old Olympic Stadium. Yeah, be 50,000 in the outside in the summer. Is that the kind of thing that that kind of really gets the juices flowing gets you up doing those rocky runs at five in the morning and when on the wet mornings in Dagenham I love I love training anyway I don't have to have a big fight to get up for it it's part of my lifestyle is training since I was about 16 17 I've loved the thrill of training but obviously when you talk about big fights like that with with other names that are coming up as well that's why we're in the sport for big nights and for to have that little bit of glory that little bit of legacy that's always going to be a, another little a little uh, bonus, a little bit of added motivation. So, of course, that does excite me. For let me urge you. Like let me urge you to go. You, you've done your degree. Do your PhD yeah. in boxing now, and go to yeah. all the American gyms and spa. Go to New yeah. York. Go to Gleason's. Go to the Mayweather yeah. gym. Go in Tyson Fury's training camp in America. Yeah. Make the journey because you won't regret it. You know, hundred percent. That's great advice, and I'm, I'm going to take that on board because America is where. It's a different. It's a different style. I've I've only been there for three weeks once with Joe Joyce's camp, but it was a, a different environment completely. I went to the Ishmael Salas gym and the mm. Linares gym. Mm. It was just a different experience. And as you said, experience is is key. And, and gaining all of that, that's all going to be little things in the bank for when it does come to them big nights. Well, it's all those African Americans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, all coming trying to knock your head off. You're just going to yeah. learn so much. You know, that's the you thing. Are. Mayweather gym at midnight in. in Vegas, sparring at midnight. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, no pain chips there, mate. There's no, no there's no, no cotton right. chips. There. There, pal, let me tell you. Well, find a fish and chips around there. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, Johnny, yeah. thank you so much for giving up a bit of your time on a Saturday night and coming no to join us, mate. Top man. Yeah, when, I love have, it. have you, you got a date yet? Have you got a date for the fourth yeah. fight yet? Well, 30th of October, Dillian White Undercard, O2 Arena. Nice. So I see my fans can come and be in then. Be brilliant. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Another fight that's recently been announced is for the WBO Super Featherweight Championship of the World. The champion, Jamel Herring, is defending against the interim champion, Shakur Stevenson. And Shakur Stevenson joined us on the show on Saturday. I feel like um, I'm not fighting for a vacant belt. I'm fighting against an actual champion, somebody who defended his title several times. I'm just ready to put on a great show, sir. I believe that you've uh, been sparring with uh, a friend of our show, Regis Progress. Talk to me uh, about that, about me- meeting up with Regis and uh, and getting some working with him. I think um, that was great work. He's a bigger guy, naturally bigger guy. Regis definitely uh, brings some good things to the table. But like I said, I'm fighting Jamel Herring, and that's a whole different style, a whole different everything. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm ready to fight, though. That's all. I can't really keep talking about the fight. I'm, I'm ready to put some action in. Talk to me about the strengths of Herring. Obviously, you've you've probably watched him on a couple of occasions, man. What does he bring to the table for this fight on the 23rd? I mean, he's a real big 130. He's tall. I know that he's going to come in shape. That's really it. He, that's really all I can really say about him. I just know that he, he won and win, so um, so do I. Ain't no way I'm letting him beat me. You two have similar friendship groups. Is that right? Because I know that obviously you're quite you are quite close with Terence. I know that he's been quite close with Terence and what have you in, in in the past. Do your friendship groups merge? Do they cross over? Uh yeah, we do. We uh cool with some of the same people. Um, like I said before, he's a friend of my family, friend of the family. That's it. How does that um, work with the narrative of the fight, or does that not even enter your mind when preparing for something like this? I mean, that's something that somebody else might look at it as something, but I just see it as business. I ain't cool with him. He ain't one of my friends, so I don't, me and him don't check up on each other outside boxing. We, we ain't friends, so they need to make sure that they know that this is not no friendly fight. This is an actual fight. Last weekend, we were watching Oscar Valdez and uh, Obson Conceição, and at the end of the fight, obviously, Oscar ended up getting his hand raised in a in a fight that a lot of us here in the UK believe that shouldn't took place anyway, but it did, and he and he won. And he mentioned your name. He mentioned the winner of this particular fight as a, as an opponent that he would want next. What did that make you feel like? I ain't worried about Oscar Valdez right now. I got to take care of the 23rd. So, Jermaine Hearn is the person who actually want to be me. He got a belt, and he's training his ass off right now to take some away from me. That's fair enough. What did you make of uh, the WBC allowing him to fight? I disagree with it. I feel like if that was any other fighter or a black fighter to be specific, I feel like um, we'd have been suspended or there'd have been some harsh rules 
I feel like with him, they just gave him a slap on the wrist. And, uh, I disagree with it, but I mean, at the end of the day, we still in my way. He's still a fighter that has something um, to bring to the table. And I mean, for the boxing world, it's bad, but for me, it's like I still got a big fight with him later on down the line. So, what can we expect? On October 23rd, my man. It's a fight that a lot of fight fans here in the UK are extremely excited about. We've got a good broadcast deal with Sky Sports. You're going to be live on there against Jamal Herring for this world title fight. What can we expect, Shakur? You can expect a superstar to be born. I feel like it's going to be one of the best performances of my career. So I'm just excited and ready to work. Listen, I think a superstar's already been born. I've been lucky enough to be ringside for your fights, my friend. I've seen superstardom. I know what I know what people can expect. But like you say, an opportunity to become a two-weight world champion really does kick that legacy onto the next level. Yes, sir. Now I finally get the big fights, and it's going to open up bigger opportunity for bigger fights. So I'm just ready. Now, following on from that, lots of conversations have been going on around the Oscar Valdez Robson Conceição fight from last week. Should it have gone ahead? Should it not have gone ahead? Well, we spoke to a man that was responsible for the sanctioning of that fight and for it being a WBC world title bout. The president of the WBC, Maurizio Suleiman, joined us on the show. I'm very happy and very honoured to be in this great show. Thank you so much. And we've got lots to talk about. There's lots of positives. Uh, but there's also things that uh, quite a lot of uh, boxing fans have been speaking about over the last 40, 7 to 14 days in particular. Uh, and we'll start uh, with last weekend with the uh, Oscar valdez robson Conceição fight, uh, which was sanctioned for the WBC Super Featherweight Championship of the World. I'm sure every boxing fan that is listening to this knows the story going into this fight where Oscar Valdez uh, failed the VADA test for fentamine. Um, and despite the WBC being affiliated with VADA the, for the clean boxing program, uh, that fight was still sanctioned uh, to go ahead. Obviously, Maurizio, you're here. Um, for, for people that are listening, please explain your reasons as to why the WBC continued to sanction that as a world title fight. Sure, thank you. Uh, the WBC created the clean boxing program. It is run by VADA. And uh, to try to make it very simple for everyone to understand, there are over 300 banned substances, and there's a wide variety between all those substances of the effects, the harm, the danger, the, the way that you treat each one of those uh, prohibited substances in, in the list. So the WBC did uh, receive the adverse findings, we did a thorough investigation. It's a, a substance that is much less different or uh, dangerous than a, many others that are very dangerous. It was found a month before the fight. Uh, there was a protocol uh, put uh, into this finding, and uh, Valdez was uh, and, and will be performing a specific protocol that will last one year. So it, it did not go unnoticed. Uh, there, were, there were penalties for, for uh, Valdez, but it's simply a substance that uh, gives him no performance uh, advantage whatsoever. So people here, there's a, a, a doping, and they reach uh, conclusions very fast. And uh, 
they, they, we expect that they would uh, uh, learn more about this specific case, understand it, and then reach a final conclusion. But that, is, that does not happen. Okay, I've got, I've got a few questions off that. First of all, the clean boxing program, obviously you use VADA and their testing uh, protocols. Where does that leave your clean uh, boxing program now if VADA are going to find, for example, substances like fentamine, um, but their recommendations are not going to be upheld? No, I think you, you have to understand something. VADA ends the process when they notify of the finding. Yes. That's where they end. That, that's, then the WBC takes over. So it is the WBC who manages the results. So, as I said, there are more than 300 substances. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is like treating a minor uh, offense and trying to give a lifetime uh, jail sentence. So what I'm trying to explain is it is a minor uh, situation that we found on Fentermine. Why use, why, yeah, I, yeah, why use VADA then to do your testing? Because this is where the confusion comes from a lot of boxing fans. Obviously, we've got WADA and we've got VADA. They're not on the same page. As you've just mentioned there, there's 70 substances or stimulants... That they don't agree with. ...that yeah. they don't agree mm-hmm. on in and out of uh, competition testing. So, therefore, in this case, for people that don't know too much about it, VADA have tested, they found a substance that's on the, 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 the 70 stimulants and they found it outside of competition, but they, um, they have it on their prohibited list outside of competition, whereas WADA will anti-doping have it okay outside of competition they use it as a banned substance in competition which is on the day of the fight there's 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 so many different um, messages that are being sent out on performance enhancing drug testing to fans right now which is becoming incredibly confusing and from their point of view as they look at this with you being affiliated to vada maurizio they think that something untoward has happened here because it feels like you've changed the rules to suit this particular narrative no, no, please, please understand. I don't know how to explain it. We do the results management. There was a prohibited substance found on Oscar Valdez, and we did a thorough protocol and investigated everything that has to do. This substance is not of the danger of a, uh, others that are very dangerous and, and lead to heavy punishment. Why, why is it on the water list, though? It's still on the water list as a prohibited substance. Yes, but it's, a, it's like if you go to a store and you put a candy bar in your pocket and you walk out, that is called stealing. Mm-hmm. It's prohibited. Yeah. But it's much different than going into a bank with a heavy artillery and rob a million pounds and get out. It's stealing. It's also stealing. But you don't get the same penalty for those two different uh, scenarios. The substances are different. We found out, we uh, had many meetings with experts, and we decided that it was not a major incident. It was a minor misdemeanor. And that's how he got uh, the specific ruling that he has to do X, Y, and Z things for the following year. But he was not a, a, an offense that would call for his title to be taken away or for the fight to be suspended. Do you, 
Mauricio, do you think that it, it would be good to try and get uh, Varda and Wada um, on the same page with the discrepancy in different substances, so that so that it's it's no 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 no, no because Wada Vada uh, is intended for boxing for uh, for. Uh, Contact sports, mm -hmm. so it's it's the yeah. best program out there. Right, it is the best, absolutely, and it is the WBC clean program that makes the penalties. We analyze each different scenario. Every case is uh, completely different from one to another, and what we decided was to impose uh, the minor penalties, not the major penalties. So we did penalize uh, Valdez. So, 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 just to make it absolutely clear, just to put a lid on this for now, if Valdez or any other boxer was taking a substance in this instance that you thought was performance-enhancing and carried dangers that the p person was enhanced going into a fight, you would have stripped the title and taken them away from the fight? Could have, yes, could have. It, you know, I don't want to speculate, but... Right. Uh, we we have taken titles. We have cancelled fights. We have uh, imposed uh, uh, different uh, uh, penalties to the cases that we have uh, had as positive. So every case is different. Every substance is different, and the results management has management has to be according to the specific case. Because look, look, the other look, thing look, is... It, it, would, be, it yeah. would be very easy mm. for us to, to look like the heroes of the world, take the title away, suspend the fight, and, and be the heroes because we are the police and we catch the bad guys. We're not for that. This is not a uh, competition to be popular. Mm. We have to do justice. And the justice was very clear. It was not a situation in which uh, the challenger would be in any trouble or any uh, danger for any performance enhancing. We have tried to explain it thoroughly, and uh, it was very simple. It was caught uh, by a, a test where he voluntarily and he demanded to have a VADA kickboxing program in, in all his fights. He has been in two Olympic Games. He has been in past 30 tests as a professional boxer. And uh, he is investigating what could have happened to have that uh, substance in his system. We did everything, uh, and we, we feel very satisfied. But people do not want to learn because it's very complicated. I have no idea. I am not a chemist. But we had, we had this positive, so we spent countless hours uh, understanding what it is, and, and we did uh, a thorough investigation up to the... I mean, it was very, very, very strict investigation. And, in and in your defense, they don't have to do that. No, in your defense, the ABC. In your defense, in your defense, um, the ABC, the the Association of Boxing Commissions in America, also ratified the bout as well, didn't they? That they that they agreed that it, it it's not a performance enhancing substance. But it's on the list. It is on the list. It must be performance enhancing in some way, shape, or form. It must be because no, world no, anti-doping. No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. So it's not a performance enhancing drug. No, it is. You are wrong because prohibited substances are not necessarily PEDs. 
they can be uh, many different effects. So there's a big difference of a PED and uh, diuretics or marijuana or cocaine. It's a difference. So it is on the list. It is a prohibited substance. Mm -hmm. But from a wide range of uh, uh, levels. Okay, so what what precedent does this set then going forward? If another fighter fails the test for a, a similar thing, they then have an argument with yourself to say, "Well, hang on a minute, you've you've allowed Oscar Valdez to carry on in his fight, it's so case why can't case though, isn't it? So why can't yeah. I carry on in my fight?" We will see what substance it is and what happened exactly in his case. Yeah, it's like you're saying it's case by case, isn't it? Look, on a happier note. On a happier note, something you did do very well this week. Um, not that you didn't do well with that. Adam has a particular bugbear with it. I understand your argument. Um, you have warned commissions not to allow people like Evander Holyfield to fight again. Um, t- talk to us about that, because you were very unhappy about that last weekend, weren't you? Yes, it, it's uh, uh, that is not Evander Holyfield that we saw in the ring. It's, it is uh, a blessing that he was not hurt. It is a blessing that Ortiz did not get hurt, even though it was a horrible knockout. Mm. And uh, we are very concerned about the trend of uh, legendary fighters or retired fighters going back into the ring and fight. It all began with uh, some champions having fun, doing exhibitions to entertain people and for charity, mostly. But now it has come into the... uh, into the attention of uh, large groups who have big pockets and they want to use the fighters to to create a new uh, set of events, putting at risk the the health and the lives of legendary fighters or novices. There are uh, influencers, there are uh, YouTubers, TikTokers that uh, are going into the ring and doing fights or athletes from other sports doing fights and there has to be uh, much attention put into this uh, because uh, one thing is an exhibition with headgear, big gloves and understanding that it's for fun but how can you have a knockout in an exhibition that's that's, uh, completely against itself as an explanation so we are concerned about the, the health of the fighters and uh, we are going to continue to try to sensibilize the locks because it it all goes to the boxing commission that hosts an event. Mm. If they accept it, it's going to happen. Uh, Maurizio, one thing that also uh, that I was impressed with this week, and this comes off the back of the Oscar Valdez Obs and Concesao uh, fight. Um, when the judges' scorecards came in, I think a lot yep. of fight fans mm-hmm. actually thought 117-110 was a little bit crazy because we saw an incredibly tight fight. Um, to see Stephen Blair um, issue an apology, an explanation as to how he arrived at that particular uh, card and for that to be endorsed by uh, the WBC this week, I think was a really good thing because all fight fans want is just transparency. It was a very transparent statement, wasn't it? Everybody makes a mistake and I think if you hold your hands up and you you say that you've made a mistake and you give a transparent uh, answer, I think that can only make the sport of boxing a lot more enjoyable for fans going forward. Yes, that was a very courageous uh, step that Stephen Blair took. Um, he decided to remove himself for some time.
from appointments for championship fights and go back to basics, uh, do additional training and, 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 and think of what, what went wrong. Uh, boxing is a difficult sport. Um, anyone who saw that fight uh, is, of course, discouraged to see a 117-110 score. Mm. And uh, he acknowledged it, and, and I'm proud of him for coming out with transparency. But uh, we need to work better as an industry to, to try to find better ways and uh, transparent ways to do our sport. We have offered, we have a good system that works in many countries with uh, open scoring after the fourth and the eighth round. That at least gives the corners the opportunity to, to, uh, to do something while the fight is going on. This fight was very tight, very close. We have received a complaint from uh, Rodinska uh, Kantiao uh, mm. camp. So we are addressing it, and uh, I'm just, uh, we are hopeful that things change for the better. But uh, we need to have a collaboration with all the members of the industry. You know, uh, commissions do not uh, accept change. We, uh, Human nature is to resist any type of change. So it is very difficult to try to, to bring in technology or bring in different uh, protocols to try to make a scoring uh, better and officiating better. Mauricio, on a much happier note, we've got very, very excited tonight because uh, we're, we're, we're literally a week away from Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk work, walking to the ring at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Football Stadium here with 60,000 fans. Finally, a big, uh, massive stadium fight. And in three weeks' time, obviously, Adam and I will be in Las Vegas and we will see you, no doubt, when the WBC heavyweight title uh, is on the line for the first time in 20 months. And I'm sure it'll be sold out the T-Mobile Arena when Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder go at it for the third time. You must be happy that the WBC heavyweight title fight is finally going to be fought over and it's two great protagonists going at it. Yes, uh, the, the Fury-Wilder second fight was the last event before the pandemic hit mm. the world. Mm. The last great event. Mm. And so many things have happened since... Uh, he got shut down for for several months without a single sporting event live. Mm. Mm. Then uh, there were fights in a in a bubble, and and then we all expected the fight to take place December 19. And then we started the year with a speculation of going into uh, Fury Joshua directly, and mm. uh, everybody was just waiting for a date. Then a court ruled uh, to go for the third fight of, uh, of Fury and Wilder. Then COVID hit Fury. I mean, so many things have been happening, but the heavyweight division is so exciting. You also have uh, Dylan White fighting on October 30, and you have Andy Reese, and you have the newcomers, uh, Joy Joyce, and uh, all these, these new talents. So, we can uh, be looking at uh, three, four, five years of great heavyweight championship fights. Of course, Joshua Music uh, in the stadium, that's going to be massive. It's going to mm. be so exciting to see it back. So we're going back to, to normality, and uh, we have to keep protecting each other. But uh, I'm so happy to see the things that are going on in our sport. 
A man that is back in camp preparing for his first undisputed title defence is Josh Taylor. Gareth caught up with him this week in the most peculiar of circumstances, but they looked ahead previewing the fight with Jack Catterall going down in December. I've been pretty busy, obviously, the, the lack of um, coverage um, on the lead-up to the fight and the lack of coverage on the fight and stuff as well was pretty disappointing for me. Um, but when I come back, the media attention was was brilliant, you know, it was really good. Um, I've been doing a lot of things, a lot of media interviews, a lot of TV stuff, a lot of a lot of interviews and a lot of media stuff and events and stuff like that. And up and down to London quite a lot. Um, I was up on a, a question of sport, and then I went on to a league of their own and you know, things like that. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been pretty cool. It's been a pretty cool couple of months. But it's uh, it's time to get back to work now. We're three months away from the fight date, pretty much to the day. Uh, the tw- uh, the 18th of December, Jack Catterall, defence of all the belts, up in Scotland. Yeah. Um, are you in camp now for that duration? Are you back down with Ben Davison in, and in camp for that duration? Yeah, yeah. I've sort of been ticking over the last few weeks, you know, and getting myself back into the swing of things and uh, getting run on the miles in the road and things like that. Getting, getting, getting myself back into the swing of things with the run. But this is my first week um, back in camp down in down in Harlow here in Essex. So yeah, I am um, I'm I'm going to be here now for the remainder until the fight, you know, and, and giving it my all and living and breathing it as I always do, Gareth. You know how I do it, you know. I always live and breathe it and give it my hundred percent and 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 put my life on hold for this game. So this is how I, I like to do it, and it'll be no different. This one, it'll be if not even more because you know I've now achieved what I want to achieve. Uh, ever wanted to achieve in the sport it's now holding on to it you know people are going to want to come and take and come and take what I've got now so uh, the hard work begins now you know if not harder work now because I've got to keep what I've got now I've got something that, that everybody wants a huge target on my back so it's up to me to make sure that uh, I can keep these belts um, How disappointed are you that the zone and Eddie Hearn have put um, Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora on on the same night. I'm not a big fan of Eddie Hearn, you know. Um, he's done that to me about four times now uh, on the same night um, of, of most of my biggest fights. Um, he's, also, he's also put someone else on that bill or on a bill um, on the same night. He's done that a number of times to me now, so if he's listening, they can have some of that. <laughs> That's a go-away Eddie Hearn sign you've just... Uh, yeah. 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 Do, do you think it's... Do you think it's deliberately to spoil? Hey, listen, it's happened four times. It's not by accident, is it? You know, um, it's happened four times that he's done this to me in different shows. Um, so uh, he's obviously done it on purpose. You know, it's not it's not by mistake anyway. So um, he can he can shove the middle finger right up to him if he wants. <laughs> um, talk to us about Jack Catterall. He's a guy who's patiently waited for his opportunity. Um, this is a massive occasion for him. Talk to us about what you know about him, and I, I assume you will not be underestimating him for a month. hundred percent, I'm not underestimating him. Um, I, I've been getting asked hundred uh, percent a lot of the time how much, uh, what's next, what's after Jack Cattle, what's next, what do you plan to do on next? Are you moving up weight? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? You know, for me. Um, what the only thing for me is cat is Carroll. You know, obviously I, I do have goals and ambitions, but Jack Carroll is standing in the way of me achieving these goals and ambitions. 
So the goal then becomes Jack Catterall, and, and he's a very, very good fighter. He's 26 and 0. Um, he's beat everybody that's in front of him, you know, with, with kind of no questions asked. He's had a couple of fights, a couple of tough fights with opponents that, you know, I think I would blow away. But, you know, um, he is a very, very good fighter. I think it's more due to the fact he's not had the opposition in front of him. So I think we'll see the best of Jack Catterall yet, you know. Um, I think I'll bring out the best in him, but I just believe that his best isn't good enough to beat me. You have victory projecting forward to um, the 18th of December. You have victory there, okay? Um, is there anyone else in that division that you want to fight with um, outside Jack Catterall at the moment? Who you? I'm not really interested. Um, I'm, not, I'm only interested in myself. You know, I'm only interested in myself and what I want to do and the goals I want to achieve. I've beat everybody in the division. I've, prov- I've proved I'm the best. I've proved I'm the best time and time again for the last six fights that I'm, that I'm a worthy champion. I've proved I'm world class. I then won a world title. I then unified the division. And now I'm undisputed champion. So I've, I feel I've proved that I'm the best in that division, no doubts. So we'll see what happens. If, if, if the right fight comes along, yeah, I can stay at 140 at 100%. You know, um, I believe I'm a career 140 pounder, you know. Um, but I've got the size and the frame and the strength to go up to 147 as well and uh, and hopefully chase uh, a second weight world title. You know, that's that's goals and ambitions in mind longer down the line. So that, that's the goals that I've got. But if the right fight comes along at 140 still, then yeah, I'll stay there. You know, but I'm not interested in calling out anybody or everybody's going to call out me now. So whoever wants to fight and if it's at the right time for me, I'll take it. Um, I'm not scared of anybody. I'll fight absolutely anybody, Gareth, you know. Obviously, you're going to have this fight in Scotland um, and it's going to generate so much interest. You have victory there, and you Would you like to take... Obviously, Bob Aaron's based in Las Vegas. It's a massive venue. He's always using it. Do you want the opportunity for people to travel? For 2022, it looks possible. Um, do you yeah. want the hordes to travel with you to Vegas for a big fight? Yeah, 100%. You know, um, Although that was my best achievement in my boxing career, um, for me, it was kind of tainted a little bit, you know, um, kind of tarnished a little bit because I couldn't take the people that were nearest and dearest to me, my friends, my family, um, my mum, my dad, my sister, my fiance, my, my friends, you know, that have been there for me from day one. It was my biggest fight, biggest achievement, and they couldn't be there with me. You know, it was just myself and my team uh, and a couple of my pals that I took with me because my parents couldn't come with me, you know, so... Um, it was a little bit tarnished, you know, but we ended up fighting in an arena that with little over a thousand people in because of the restrictions, uh, the COVID restrictions, you know, and then the week after it was full capacity and the week after I boxed it was full capacity. So it was like a little kick in the teeth. It was just, yeah. it was very frustrating, you know. I grew up fighting and watching like your Ricky, your Ricky Hattons and, all that going over to America and taking fighters over, your Tyson Furies and taking taking armies over, his supporters, Carl Frampton and you know, and I finally land a fight like that. I've been fortunate enough to the of the one percent of the support to do that. And uh, it gets shut down by nobody allowed to travel with me and not just just myself and my team. It was a real kick in the teeth, you know, because you grow up absolutely dreaming of having fights like that in front of you for, thousands and thousands of fans a packed house and 
and you know the big atmosphere, you know, taking the travelling support with me, and uh, none of none of that was able to happen. So it was it was kind of I've kind of forgotten about it because it didn't mean much to me because I couldn't take much there. Although the fight meant a lot to me, but I've forgotten about kind of the whole experience of the thing because it was uh, for me it was tainted a little bit. Yeah, that emotive feeling with the crowd. I mean, uh, yeah. I know you, you're focusing on yourself, as you said, but if you could pick two super fights, and they're in my mind, one from a guy coming up from lightweight to super lightweight, and you going up 247 welterweight, if you could pick two super fights that could stay in legacy for you, who would they be? Listen, there's lots of fights out there. There's, there's lots of super fights actually out there for me. I agree. Um, you know, there's... And it's not just the one you're thinking about. Another, another one you're thinking about, Teofimo Lopez. Um, that, that's, that's, that'd be a big fight. The fight with Javante Davis would also be a big fight. The fight with uh, Regis Progress would also be a big fight. You know, there's, there's lots and lots of fighters out there, and there's fighters coming through the ranks now that are, uh, that are quite good too. Ryan um, Garcia. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Garcia. I would love to whip him up. Yeah. Um, that's a big you know, fight as well. well it would be good. So there's lots and lots and lots of mega fights out there for me, though. I'm not short of options, so mm. I'm really not fussy, Gareth. Or, or, or who it is, I believe I can be, uh, I can beat every single one of them. So um, I'm really not fussy who it is or who comes next. I really, I really don't care. I'm, I, can, I believe in myself to beat every single one of them. You know, um, and then when I move up to welterweight, I do believe I can win these fights as well. I believe I can beat these guys too. I believe in Monobelli and I can win these fights 100%. I'd love to see you fight Terence Crawford as well. I mean, that's a terrific yeah. fight, you know. Yeah, I would love to, I'd love to get that fight as well. I'd love to get that fight as well. You know, I think it would be a great fight. You know him well, Anthony Joshua. You're at the English Institute of Sport with him at the same time. You're at the Olympics with him at the same time. Anthony Joshua fights Alexander Utik next weekend. What's your yeah. take on the fight and what are the dangers of Usyk in your view? Well, Usyk, um, Usyk is a very, very skillful fighter. You know, he, he, can, he can box, he can be crafty, he can be smart, he can be really hard to hit. Uh, he can be really good. He's very clever, he knows what he's doing boxing-wise. Mm. Um, but at heavyweight, he's at quite a big disadvantage in terms of size and strength. You know, um, he had a hard time against Derek, uh, Derek Chisora, um, who's not the who's not the best of heavyweights. Um, no disrespect him, but he's no he's no elite heavyweight. Uh, Derek Chisora, you know, um, every time he stepped up in class, he's been beaten or knocked out. So um, he, he's not the best of heavyweights, but he comes and gives it a go and gives it his all. And he and he gave uh, Usyk a hell of a, a hard time. You know, I thought he was actually very unlucky not to win the fight. And I thought he was quite unfortunate not to not to get the victory in the end. But like, having said that, Joshua is much bigger, much stronger than than uh, Delboy, you know. And he's, and he's fresher as well. He's younger and fresher. So there's that element if, he, if Joshua decides to come out and uh, be physical and, and put on him and attack him, I think Usyk might struggle a little bit. It seems like there's a lot of boxing announcements going on at the moment, whether it be fights or whether it be promotional deals, and that's where we're turning our attention to next. The pretty boy, Josh Kelly, was on the show on Saturday talking about his link-up with Wasserman Boxing.
it's always tough on the loser, isn't it? And this is the greatest sport in the world. Sometimes you come across a guy that will not be denied. And tonight, that was David Avanesian. And Josh Kelly was in the shape of his life. Josh Kelly couldn't have been better in that ring tonight. But this man, he wouldn't be denied. After the last fight, I was contracted with Eddie, and the contract was contracted to that fight. So the, the, the amount of fights, it, it doesn't matter how the fight went, it, the amount of fights was done. So we had to renegotiate anyway. So Eddie gave his five fights, offered us a five fight deal with um, himself and his own, and obviously uh, Salmon's Wasserman and um, Sky. They all got together, it was a firefight deal. And the firefight deal from the Wasserman and Salon and Sky just suited me better personally, mate. It just, it just, fit, it just sort of fit me better. It was, it, sort of, it was just a better deal for me, so I just had to take that, mate. So that's that's how I come about that. And there's no, there's no hard feelings between me, me and Eddie. It's just, it's just business, I think. So obviously, we, I'm, it's been a pleasure to work with Matthew and, uh, and Eddie for the last four or five years, but... New chapter now, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with Salons and Sky and Wasserman because Salons are a great bunch of guys. I can't wait to get to work with them. In. I think, do you know something? It's funny in this modern game, isn't it? Like everybody automatically thinks that one particular promoter is the always the best option for yeah. everybody, and it, and it's not necessarily the thing that fits everybody <laughs> with where they're at currently in their life. As you've just mentioned, there you've got to do what yeah. is best for you. Hundred percent. To be honest, to be honest, Adam. I mean, some people might say. Oh, I prefer the zone, but other people might say, I don't know, I don't know how to work the zone. I prefer Sky. It's more traditional. I just click on my telly and I'm just on Sky. Someone, someone might say, well, the Sky subscriptions are this and the zone's this, and I can go back and forth and argue for either TV production. But I just feel like Sky at the moment, obviously, it's weird as well that it's just a, it's a massive platform, and I've always liked boxing on Sky. It's great, and as well as that. And, and this isn't to um, be derogatory in any way to anybody in, in the game. What you've now got is an opportunity to be the face of the channel. Now with Matchroom being elsewhere and one promoter being fully committed, obviously, to the Sky Sports thing, it gives you an opportunity to, one, get regular, get active, yeah. and become a household name, which is, with all due respect, that's where the money's at. You could, 100%, that's perfect. Like, the Sky's on everyone's telly you click you got Sky Sports you got Sky News you got mm. most of your football on there unless you're watching on BT I mean you've got everything's on everything's normally on Sky so to be boxing on Sky and have this like you said sort of a chance to run at it really get active on it and fight some good guys and get my name out there and perform the way I know I can then that's just a massive opportunity for myself and why wouldn't I grab that with both hands and run with it When can we expect to yeah. see you then performing for the first time? Either be December the 4th or December the 11th. There's okay. two dates there, but yep. none of them... It's going to be one. Um, and there's obviously only going to be one fight, so it's either going to be... The fight card's going to be on the 11th or on the 4th. So either one of them I want to be on. Now, I've stood next to you, mate. I know that you're a big 147, right? So <laughs> yeah. so what yeah. is the situation? Are, are we still staying at Welter? Are we going to have a little bit of a flirt with Super Welter? What are we going to do? I mean, obviously, I can meet Welter, but I feel as well, an extra seven pounds will give you a lot of strength up at Super Welter. I mm. want to. I mean, at the first part of my career, I was mainly boxing at Super Welter yeah. until I had a fine championship weight and getting out the Welter. So, to be honest with you, I feel as well, I carry the strength to, and I'm, I'm starting to. I mean, I'm just turned 27. I'm still young in the game, but I'm starting to find a little bit 
maturity show. Well, Jeez, uh, I 20, I don't do this to me, man. Mind. 27 years of it. Don't be doing that <laughs> on my show, sunshine. You know <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be shed, mate. It's got to be shed. Listen, you can't turn the time back on yours, mate, but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to slow down mine, bro. I'm trying to slow down mine. Why not go up there and, and, and perform like that with? I mean, if the opportunity comes and I'm finding one five four nice to make mm. and, I can, and I can squeeze down to one four seven to fight them, I will. But I'm gonna take, I'm gonna build myself back in at one five four and see how it goes. There's always gonna be the relationship or the connection with Connor, obviously at one forty seven. Yeah. But as I look around that hundred and fifty four pound division, especially domestically, mate, there's some fights there. There's some big, oh, big fights that would propel you into the conversation of being on that fringe world level again. I think potentially two, two, three fights, and I'm back there where I need to be. I mean, I'm not seeing any names, but I was talking about certain names the other day and guys who had significant titles, significant titles, and I was looking, thinking, I can, I can deal with him 100. percent When I'm on my A game, I had an off night the other against Avenition, and a lot of personal things were going on, and. And have an Asian beat on the night, and that's uh, that's all I can see. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like all the greats have had a, had off nights, and listen, it is what it is. And a lot of personal things outside can affect that. So I'll just I'll let that one be there and sit there. And if anyone wants to take strength from that, they can. But that's that's not me. That's not me at all. So I'm gonna uh, go into this this new sort of promotional deal, this new contract next fight. Um, renewed and I can't wait to just run out like I was saying I'm seeing some names there and I'm like I'm, I'm comfortable I feel so uncomfortable to be able to beat them and carry on and be a name like be a proper name When now the dust is settled obviously on that Avanesian fight what are your what are your conclusions from it what do you take away from it uh, if you were to know what was going on behind closed doors m- maybe months and months and months before the fight even year even probably year, a couple, I mean a year before the fight then you could only person from from people who's closest. You can only blame, not blame, but you can only sort of look at it from that point of view. Thinking the camp, you were in the best shape. I was in the best shape I've ever been. I was sparring multiple rounds, fifteen rounds straight off. I was I was doing everything I needed to do to be in peak shape. It's just that <laughs> the personal things let us happen to magnify on on that certain week and the, 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 mo- the most important thing in this game is what is going on between your ears that's the most important yeah. thing and yeah. everything yeah. everything's got to be balanced in every part yeah. every part of your life mate you hit the nail on the head 100% that's it mate I come in I talk to mates and friends who's like who go oh my god went to work today mate, I got back missus done me head and couldn't think right went yeah. the next day and my head was all over the gaff and I'm like I'm like I know that mate but the thing is that wasn't what was going on with me, but I've got to go in and I've got to perform at a high level whilst all this stuff's going on in or in my life, you know what I mean, or in my head or whatever. So Mate, you've got to go and have I'm a fight. Like you've got to go and have a fight <laughs> with all that going on in your head, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one, but listen, love the sport and I'm I'm um I'm back I need to be mentally, physically, everything is in the right place and mm. I went I I've took a good few months to sort of sit there and reevaluate things and Talk to people and stuff, and I've just, I've just thought, listen, I know I, the people who I've sparred, the quality I've mixed with, I know I'm not, I can definitely be at the top of the game. I just getting this there and being there without the cracks of life getting in the way. I so, think, I think a moment like this, not only do you learn a lot about yourself professionally, but you also learn a lot about yourself personally. 
You mature so much. Mature, I mean, I had kids and it matured as I had. I got married, that matured as Jesus. But like <laughs> this, is matured as massively, do you know what I mean? On a personal level more than anything. Like, yeah. I've just started to learn to listen to the people I need, listen to you and just everyone else can can let the let the traps go as much as they want. And it doesn't really doesn't really matter. Nothing really matters unless unless it really means unless someone's close to you and it means something to you. I mean, as a better person in life and in boxing, so I'm in the gym now. Can't wait to get this camp on the full floor and um, put a performance on in in December. Can't wait. Listen, before I let you get on with your evening, what's uh, what's the handicap on golf, pal? I'm watching that Instagram, and I tell you something, them fairway <laughs> drives are looking sharp, son. Listen, lad, I went. <laughs> me and Adam, me and Adam played um, like a society match the other day. We went down and played, yeah. and I said. I said, Adam, I'm off 16. Like, you know I'm off 16. He went, yeah, right. bandit. Said, you're a bandit, lad. There's no way you're a 16. The day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I went and won the day and Adam couldn't, Adam couldn't take it. I come in the gym today and I went, Adam, tell him who won golf. He went, he's, he's cheating. He's, da, da, da. <laughs> he's losing his head. Mate. He couldn't take it, lad. Mate, I saw, I saw you tee off and I went, there's no way he's, he's double he's double figures that lad. There's no way he's double figures for you to pull a sixteen handicap on that. You've cheated. No. You've cheated, lad. No, I'm not. I'm not I'm, honestly, God's honest too. One day I can play like like the other day I went out on the course and shot like nine over, and yeah. I was uh, ten. Sorry, ten over. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm on the way to single like, figures, single yeah. figures here. Mm. But then the next day I went out and shot three double bogs on the front nine and went. 17, 18 over, and I was like, oh, that's terrible. When are you sorting the uh, TalkSport lads out with uh, this uh, award-winning takeaway as well, pal? What's going on with this? Oh, mate, get down, Essex, anywhere in Essex, if switch, Harwich, yeah. we've got them all over, but anytime you're down, yeah. you need to send me a message, and the, the food's all on us, burgers, wings and ribs, it's all on us, but it's such a, it's a, I can't eat much of it. I tell you what it is, I'll have one, I, I one after a fight in December, yeah. but before then, bro, you can you can feed yourselves up as much what, as you want. Go down there. What was the award that you picked up? You picked it up last couple of weeks. Best British Takeaway Award in wow, South bro. England. Wow. So it's mental, mate. Eh? So we're doing well, mate. It got a, two partners, Neil and Jack, and all the staff have absolutely smashed it. There you go. What a long one. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You could do that via iTunes or you could do it via our website, talksport.com. We'll have all the fallout on next week's show to Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. And then we'll start to look ahead towards Tyson Fury's third escapade with Deontay Wilder. Boxing is booming. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. We'll catch you next time. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.